Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about female versus male brains and our wonderful differences is Dr. Paul Nussbaum. Dr. Nussbaum has 30 years experience in the care of adults and older persons suffering dementia, head injury, and many neuropsychiatric disorders. He is the founder and president of Brain Health Center that provides independent medical examinations, neuropsychological assessments, and case management for those suffering neurological and neurobehavioral disorders. The center also serves as the epicenter for Dr. Nussbaum's brain health lifestyle, consultation business, and his keynote presentations internationally. Dr. Nussbaum serves as the face of brain health to many companies and organizations as he bridges neuroscience to the general public. How are you doing today, Dr. Nussbaum? Hey, Jason, good to see you. I'm doing great, glad to be back on your show. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this one ever since you uh, you threw this topic at me. Um, before we get started, Dr. Nussbaum, uh, just uh, a little bit of housekeeping for those that are joining us today live on the webinar. Type your questions in. Uh, time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. So Dr. Nussbaum, this is an, a very interesting topic and one that impacts our daily lives. What are your general thoughts on the, uh, the brain and the behavioral differences between women and men? Yeah, so it's it's something that uh, I think applies to all of us in, in basic ways. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, from the time I was a little boy, I was always so fascinated with human behavior and why we do the things we do. I'm one of these people, Jason, that goes to the mall and just watches people, almost like I'm at a zoo, right? You don't have to pay to go to the zoo, folks. You can go just watch humans um, because we're an interesting uh, animal, uh, no doubt. And, and one of the things that struck me is that it seemed to me uh, growing up and just kind of observing behavior that men seem to behave in certain ways, women seem to behave in certain ways. And I really didn't understand it. I don't know that I still understand it, but I know that there are some differences. You'll see some undertow sometimes of folks who will say that there are no differences uh, between the genders, and that's just not true. And, and, and specifically, there are uh, differences in, in our brains that we're gonna talk about today. But you know, this, Jason, this is one of the most popular uh, subject matters uh, out there for me as I've toured uh, the country pre-COVID in person doing talks. There's a lot of fun to it, uh, but there's also a lot of practicality to it. And, and it's interesting, once we can kind of learn some of the mechanics of why we're different underneath the hood, um, a lot of times harmony can be produced. Uh, and this, this is true not only in our homes and in our relationships, but also in the boardrooms, and in corporate settings, one of the things I may repeat today is that research has been done that has shown uh, in corporate America, we're losing uh, thousands of dollars every year because of inefficiencies uh, and because of um, misused time. Uh, and part of that is because we're not communicating. And one of the things I would hypothesize is that in the boardrooms and in the meeting rooms and in the care plan meetings, all across the country, you have female brains and male brains trying to communicate. And it may not be surprising, but perhaps it is. Folks might be surprised to learn, even though we're in the same room, hearing the same thing, we don't walk out with the same message or comprehension. And that's fascinating to me. So today, I kind of like to talk a little bit about that and maybe there'll be some insights for people and some aha moments, which is always you know, one of the things I hope approach with my talks. Very good. Um, I'd like to start into some of your research um, and like the general understanding of the structural differences between our brains, the the male and the female brain. Yeah, so it's kind of fascinating. And, you know, we certainly have learned more as we've developed more uh, fancy uh, 
uh, invasive procedures, scanning procedures, so that we can see inside the brain and what it's doing, not only structurally, but what it's doing from a processing perspective. And so what we're looking at here right now is a, is a brain that, as you look at the screen, is looking to your left, the spinal cord's coming up there. Uh, and that outer shell there we call the cortex, that, that's where we think consciously. But just underneath the, uh, the gray matter there is that white structure that kind of looks like a, a, almost like a, an upside down C. That's known as the corpus callosum. Uh, and it's a, it's a band of uh, nerve fibers that have a sort of a lighter coloration than the outer shell, the cortex, which is more gray. And of interest is that females have a larger corpus callosum than men. So that's one structural difference. And that becomes very, very important as we uh, uh, understand that while we have a really miraculous structure called the human brain, it's fairly vast in terms of the number of cells that it has. And we've learned that uh, it's great for brain to be able to bridge up the different regions, right? Front, back, top, bottom, left, right. The more bridges we have uh, to bring those different regions together, the more sophisticated our brain's gonna be. And the bridges, Jason, uh, we refer to as white matter, okay? And, and the reason is, I, I wish I could be more sophisticated with you, but it's, it kind of looks white on the scan like that. Corpus callosum looks a little bit whiter than that gray area, right? Mm -hmm. So women have more white matter connecting up different regions of the brain. So even as a male brain, uh, uh, I often say that, you know, I, I think females have a bit of an advantage over us guys. Uh, and because they have more white matter, they have a larger corpus callosum, a large bridge that brings together the two sides of the brain. And, um, and even though the female brain tends to be a bit smaller than the male brain in general, one of the reasons is because men tend to be larger uh, anatomically overall than females, that has nothing to do with what the brain can produce. Uh, it has no relationship at all to, um, you know, our talents and our skill set. Um, but those those bridges that connect up all the different areas and the ability of the female brain to connect better one side versus the other do have some advantages. Um, so that, those are some interesting neuroanatomical uh, differences right off the bat, Jason. Very good. Here's a different slide. Uh, and I think you and I looked at this uh, last time. I really like this slide. I'm a bit of a nerd, so I like these kinds of things. But you know, some other some other areas where we can see some differences. If everybody looks at that green structure, you can see the word amygdala. That is a structure deep in the central part of our brain, which helps us um, process threats. <clears throat> so, anytime that you might perceive a threat, your amygdala is going to fire, and what's going to happen is it's going to alert the entire brain that we're potentially under threat. So it's a good thing to have. Um, it, it sets off uh, uh, hormonal activations such as cortisol. Uh, it sets off uh, neurochemical activations such as norepinephrine. And this is when this fires, Jason, what happens is our heart starts beating fast, our lungs expand, we're developing, processing uh, more oxygen into the lungs, our muscles get more blood flow, particularly in the biceps and the thighs, because we're either going to fight or we're going to flee, which tends to be a male sort of response to stress. Interestingly, females tend not to flee or fight. They tend to take the stressor in and work with the stressor, which is a difference and might account for why females, one of the reasons still today, tend to live longer uh, than men on, on, uh, on average uh, several years. 
but interestingly, the male uh, has a larger amygdala than the female. Interesting. Um, now, right next door to the amygdala is that purple structure, uh, and this is just for training purposes. It's really not purple in the brain. Uh, it's called the hippocampus, and I, I have often talked about the hippocampus being the most important structure in our body. Okay, it's not the heart. Cardiologists get mad at me. It ain't the heart. Uh, it's the hippocampus because that's where we lay down our life story. It's where we learn new information. It's where we encode information. And interestingly, here the hippocampus is larger in females than in men. And uh, I wonder how many times, uh, men, you've gotten yourselves into some trouble out there because your female partner uh, is asking you to remember something that was very important to her. What was the color of her dress that she wore on the anniversary night? Um, who was involved at the dinner table at that very important meeting? Uh, uh, and men sometimes will struggle with that, but, but trust me, women will hang on to details much longer than men. And to try to have some fun, you know, because we got to laugh a little bit. Sometimes men and women will get into a bit of a tussle because the man's uh, not coming up with the right the answers. And, and there's probably a reason for that. The other interesting thing I want to point out here is that when the amygdala fires, remember that perceives threat, stress reaction in the body, uh, it shuts off the hippocampus. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why men don't remember those details quite as well. Um, but when anytime that we're experiencing anxiety, and this isn't a male-female thing, but anytime we're experiencing anxiety or panic or we ruminate or we just feel distressed, we're not going to remember as well. And oftentimes, Jason, folks have come into my office, they may literally think they have Alzheimer's uh, because Alzheimer's hits the hippocampus and we don't remember very well, but it really... Interestingly, it's more times than not, not Alzheimer's, it's that a person is so busy, particularly boomers or boomers that are aging uh, into latter lifespan, they're juggling a thousand different plates. Uh, they don't really know how to relax or settle down or bring balance to the brain. And so they complain of memory problems. And so part of the therapy there, part of the treatment is to get them to, to have a bit more balance. Um, in terms of uh, the emotional system, Women, interestingly, tend to be uh, much more emotionally insightful than men, not all, but in general. Uh, women tend to have a much more of an empathic uh, sort of approach than men. Uh, women appreciate the behaviors of others better than men. Uh, and women uh, tend to um, have the ability to uh, not only empathize, but to relate socially with others in groups where men tend to be more isolative. Uh, I wonder the people that are listening today or listening to this, think about if you've had uh, when you raised your children. And I raised three boys. And, you know, I'm an expert in knowing that the teenage male brain doesn't communicate, okay, and tends to isolate. And so when you when I would ask my son, my son are, you know, they're good kids. How are you doing? It was often a one word response. Fine. You know, how did your day go? Fine. Are you going to come out of your room? Fine. You know, do you realize your pants are on fire? Fine. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard to engage. And that's normal. You'd be surprised, Jason, how many times I have to tell parents there's nothing wrong with your teenage son. He's doing fine. That's just the way the male teenage brain works. And it tends not to change too much 
the guys who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s out there, I think, will understand it when I say you probably don't have too in-depth a conversation with another guy. When you ask another guy, how are you doing, you're going to get a one-word response. It'll get You'll feel awkward, guys, and I think you'll admit this, if a guy tends to respond to you in ways that's taking you two, three minutes into a conversation about how he's feeling. That's just not, it's not bad. It's just not typical. So it's just an interesting sort of bit of difference. So here's some, you know, some anatomical differences that as we go into explaining a bit of the behavioral differences will hopefully begin to make some sense. A couple of questions, if you don't mind, doctor. Yeah. Talking about uh, cognitive issues, you brought up Alzheimer's or dementia. You mentioned that the, the female, if I heard you correctly, the, the female brain has a bigger hippocampus. Um, and the amygdala often, I think it's it's somewhat, con, I don't want to call it the, the fear, um, the, the fear center, if you will. How does dementia or Alzheimer's, how has that impacted female versus male based off the size of their brain? It's not so much off the size of their brain, but it is okay. true. You bring up a good point. And we don't know the correct, we don't know the conclusive answer to this, but females tend to be disproportionately at risk for developing Alzheimer's. Okay. So some of that may be hormonal, as estrogen uh, changes. Uh, it, uh, some of it has been thought that, well, females live longer, so they're more at risk because they're living longer, but there's been studies to say that's not it. There's some genetic predispositions to certain protein markers in the female brain versus the male, but we don't completely understand uh, why that may be. Interestingly, even uh, there's been, uh, you may have heard about the Nunn study and uh, uh, Snowden's work who studied a cohort of nuns, which is interesting because they all live in the same, you know, uh, area, same building. They eat the same. They do the same sort of uh, behaviors each and every day. They don't get married. They don't have babies. So I always joke that, well, maybe marriage is the cause of Alzheimer's, right? Well, that's not true. That's just a joke. But, um, but you know, not having babies and, and uh, you know, estrogen, uh, uh, is something that's that's been looked at, uh, although not conclusively. But nuns tend not to get Alzheimer's disease at the same rate as the general population of females, same age uh, and education background. So there is something there that you know, folks that are a lot smarter than me continue to explore. But you do see a disproportionate risk of folks, uh, females, with Alzheimer's versus men. I'd like to stick with the uh, the interaction between the amygdala and the hippocampus. It yeah. Does that maybe explain sometimes, doctor, why people tend to forget bad things and remember pleasant things? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. And you would hope it would be that way. Part, part of a, a disorder like post-traumatic stress disorder, um, we tend to remember the bad things. And we often describe a person with PTSD, it's called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, as having impaired memory. And that's kind of true, but in some ways they have a hypermemory. They can't get off that memory that um, is triggering their their constant stress response, and it's very very difficult uh, disorder. One of the interesting things is with some of the brain differences, we do see females suffering, for example, major depression more than men. We do see females experiencing uh, anxiety a bit more than men. Interestingly, young boys and men tend to experience attention deficit disorder, hyperactivity more than females, autism more than females, conduct disorders more than females. 
Uh, and there's a lot of studies on why that is without conclusion. There's some environmental, there's some sort of stereotypical, you know, it's just a boy being a boy and we tend not to think of it that way as much as when I was a little boy. We tend to pathologize certain things perhaps a little bit more quickly than we did when I was a, a little boy. But we do see pretty consistent uh, prevalence differences in those kinds of disorders, which is interesting. Yeah. Last question on this one, Doctor. Talking about COVID, obviously we're we're not we're still so new into this, and we're learning as we go. Are we seeing any differences into the impact of uh, female versus male um, in their their ability? I'm not ability, but their the fact that they get COVID is is there an impact on the brain from what you're saying? There is an impact on the brain. I don't know if we've seen gender differential yet because okay. I think are still early, but clearly there's some neurological insult from COVID. One of the things I want to tap into there, though, because you, you, you've sort of uh, nudged me a bit on that, is I, I would hope that our entire nation um, would be educated on the, uh, we always talk about the science of COVID, but on the data of COVID, I would say. Mm -hmm. And you know, we know now that there's a really high rate, greater than 90% of survival. If, if I were to get infected by COVID, um, there's over a 90, 95% chance I'm going to live. And I think there is this thought, and I'll, I'll put it on the media, and, and uh, you know, because it's driven home that if you get COVID, you're going to die. Right. And that's not true. It's just not true. Um, if, if we're going to live our lives that way, then nobody should get in a car. I got to get in a plane next week. I should get in a plane because over a period of time in my lifespan, more people are going to die in the car from a car accident than, than from COVID over the period of a lifespan. Uh, so my point is a lot of people are walking around with the amygdala firing. I have, I have friends who are smart people that will not leave their home. They've become completely paralyzed. Uh, so by learning facts and really reviewing facts and, and do it yourself, don't trust necessarily what you hear on TV, um, you know, you can, you can manage stressors, which is what we want to do. We want to be educated about what stresses us and, and manage it in appropriate ways. Very good. Thank you, doctor. This is a great slide here. Um, this is an oldie but goodie, Jason. Um, and this is one I pulled from another person's research. But you know what you're looking at are two brains here. And this, this is a positron emission tomography. We call that PET scan, you may have heard. And what PET scans measure are glucose, because your brain runs on glucose. Your car runs on gasoline or maybe electricity. Your brains run on glucose. So anything we eat, the brain, the body metabolizes into glucose that crosses the blood-brain barrier. It goes up into the brain, and the cells use it to fuel the brain. Interestingly, and you might remember this, I hope you do, Jason, from our first talk, even though your brain only weighs about three pounds for men and women, by and large, it demands 25% of the oxygen, of the blood flow, and of the glucose. So it is a very narcissistic part of us. It's very demanding. It controls the market share. The right brain is a female brain. The left brain that you're looking at on your, on your screen, folks, is a male brain. Now, you don't have to be any fancy neuropsychologist, neuroscientist to say, geez, it looks like that right brain, the female brain, has both sides lighting up. And the male brain only has the one side lighted up, lighting up. And the male brain, we have learned, 
lights up more often than not using the left side of the brain. Now you're going to say, well, Paul, that's that's the right side, but it's really not. Everything's inverted. Okay. So that left brain over there, the left side of your screen is the male brain and it is firing glucose in the left side of their brain, his brain. The female brain, you can see glucose firing on the left and right. Now, this becomes very, very important and interesting and fun and hopefully insightful. Men, many, many years ago, before we were around, basically got up, went out, searched for food, killed animals to bring back food and fur, and then they got up and they went out and they hunted, they came back and they got up and they went out and they hunted. And in the meantime, females were staying back uh, with the others in the family or the group and there were group activities and there was nurturing going on and they were doing the important role of keeping everybody together as the men went out and did the same thing every day. So while we don't go out each and every day, you and me, Jason, looking for food with animals and bringing fur back, and certainly women are no longer just staying at home. They're very involved in uh, companies and leading companies and doing great things out there. Male brains tend to still be very task-oriented, task-oriented animals. Um, females can be every bit as task-oriented as a male, but they have this wonderful ability to process information, not just from a task orientation, but to do things like read between the lines, which men have no idea what that is. <laughs> um, they have the ability to, as I said already, to socialize much better, to be more gregarious than men to appreciate the emotionality of both themselves and others. And just one quick example I use today in the modern day of <clears throat> uh, task orientation. How many guys out there uh, do you know if it's their birthday and they get to do something just for their day are gonna say, I wanna go shopping, okay? There might be some, there's nothing wrong, that's your day. But it's very uncommon. Why is that uncommon? Because when a man, the man's idea of shopping, that's with an ING, that's an active verb, is the male will tell you, I'm gonna go into that thing we call a mall, I'm gonna get what I'm there to get, and I'm gonna get the heck out. If it takes me more than 30 minutes, I'm gonna lose my mind. Now, a female can do that every bit as well as a male because her task-oriented side, the left side of her brain is functioning quite well. But if you just observe a female going into a mall to do shopping, you'll see a female picking things up, smelling uh, maybe some perfume or scents of things, tasting. They literally can hear music playing in the background at the mall. They'll smell the cinnamon rolls in the background at the mall. And a man has no idea that that's going on, okay? That's a practical difference. Ladies, have you ever uttered the following phrase, to a man that you really care for, maybe the most important male in your life. Have you ever said to that male, you don't listen to me? Okay. And guys, each of us have heard that from somebody that loves us. Have you ever looked at the female and said, I don't know what you're talking about. I can repeat back to you word for word what you just said. What are you talking about? I don't listen to you. And that kind of miscommunication is normal. Uh, and one of the things that I've learned when I used to do 
you know, marital counseling is the male and female brain would walk in and I'd say, what brings you here? And they would say, we don't communicate. And I would dare say that the male and female brain not communicating is normal. Doesn't make it easy, but it's normal. And the reason is because we communicate very differently. Men tend to stay on each and every word and will respond to each and every word. And females tend to be, as I said earlier, not just staying to the word, but they're reading all kinds of different behaviors in between the words. And while you may say something, they may process it in a different way. And so when male brains work with female brains, communication gets enhanced. For example, Jason, one of the things I do when I give a presentation is I will go to females in the audience and ask them for feedback. And the reason is they're going <clears> to <throat> be able to help me get better because they're processing what I'm saying, how I'm saying it with inflection, with emotion, and educate me how I can become a better communicator. When in, in my relationship with my wife, it's not uncommon for me to say, what I just said there, what did you hear? And this is what I heard from you when you just said this. Am, are we on the same page? Uh, and that's been very, very beneficial to me. Uh, but most of us don't do that, that. And that's where I get back into the corporate boardrooms when females are presenting or males are presenting, both gender brains are hearing it, processing it, listening, comprehending differently. So it's not a bad idea at the end of every meeting for everybody to say to a female, Sally, what did you hear here today? Hey, Bill, we just heard from Sally what she heard. Did you hear the same thing before you walk out of the room? Because I'll tell you what, how many of you out there in your organizations have had to go to the same meeting two or three times going over the same stuff? And that's where we become inefficient. So you see these kind of differences really played out in many, many different practical kinds of behavior. And it's, it's often fascinating. Uh, but, but one of the things we want to champion is when the male brain gets together with the female brain, really wonderful things happen. Absolutely. And, you know, we talked about this earlier, regardless of uh, if you're a male or female, you know, uh, my brain health lifestyle that we've talked about on knowledge aging is, is important. So kind of what we eat and how we socialize, even though it may be a little bit more uncomfortable for a male, is very good for the brain. Staying mentally engaged with new information across our lifespan, regardless of gender. Spirituality is one area of the brain health lifestyle that I'm, I'm, I've been digging deeper into and, and things like meditation and having brain balance and being one nature and prayer, critically important to reducing that amygdala, to enhancing our cognitive and emotional uh, abilities, motor abilities, and then certainly not being sedentary. And COVID, you know, Jason, with COVID, we've, we've kind of hibernated in ways that we, you know, we're not, we're not wired to hibernate, but we've had to a bit. And, and so we've been more sedentary I put on the old five pounds of COVID, uh, uh, you know, sedentary behavior. And so, you know, we're coming out of it. And, and so physical activity, getting that blood going, getting that glucose up into the brain is really, really important. And, and, and the brain health lifestyle becomes important regardless of gender. Are there any other behavioral differences that, that you can speak to? Because we've we spent quite a bit of time. Dr. Nussbaum, on the structural differences between the female and the male brain. Are there any other behavioral differences that you can speak to? Oh, there's, there's really a lot. I mean, and it shows its way into, um, into intimacy is, is approached differently from the female and male. For example, let's talk about a, you know, a nice meal. 
Um, again, because men are task oriented, men may not even realize they're in a restaurant where the lighting is dim, where there's soft music playing, uh, where um, the colors and the presentation of the food is actually quite uh, positive, whereas the female is going to pick up on all those things. Um, females tend to be much more verbal than men. Um, uh, they will say on the order of hundreds, sometimes even thousands more words a day or every several days than a male will. Um, not good or bad, just different. Men, some research has indicated that men tend to be a bit more mathematic, scientific, although that's changing a bit, um, uh, or, or spatial in orientation where women really control um, sort of the verbal, verbal comprehension, and certainly emotionality, which is very, very important. You've heard of emotional intelligence. Very important in terms of reading others, how to present, uh, how to engage, um, all those things. Um, some of the differences may have been a bit more in the past than they are now because of the cohabitation of, of females more in the workplace, kind of doing things that maybe have traditionally right or wrong been more male dominated. So, um, yeah, but I'll still stand by my my my. Uh, my vote is that uh, I think the female brain is a bit more advantageous. I think there's a reason why females live longer. I think females process stress better than men. Uh, and part of it may be because under the under the hood, they have more regions of their brain able to process in ways that uh, maybe men uh, don't. Doesn't mean we can't get there, guys. Uh, but we could probably learn a lot by uh, asking questions of the female brain. Right. Last question, Dr. Nussbaum. Do men learn differently than women? Yeah, probably, uh, probably, and, and part of that goes to, uh, you know, what what we were motivated to learn and how we learn with, in terms of probably honing in on tasks, honing in on specific uh, pieces of information. Uh, women may be able to take in more of a gestalt and process in ways using different parts of their brain. For example, um, they may be able to bring in certain emotional contributions uh, to learning a, a bit of information where men men won't. Uh, they may be able to use um, uh, aspects of who is presenting and how they're presenting the information in a way that helps them uh, tag certain things that they have to remember in ways that men don't. It doesn't mean that men can't. Mm -hmm. But again, anytime you got a brain that's using both sides, it's kind of like you're bringing two arms to the battle versus one. Uh, it's perhaps going to be a bit easier uh, for female than men, not in all aspects and not all the time, but there is probably some advantage there. Yeah. Okay. Well, very good. Well, Dr. Nussbaum, how can people find you? Yeah. So people can uh, go to my website. There's a lot of free information there, www.brainhealthctr.com, as you see there. You also see my email uh, and phone number, and uh, I'm pretty good about getting back to uh, folks. So feel free to Go uh, look at the websites, a lot of free information. And uh, if you have specific questions or, or curiosities, uh, feel free to get a hold of me personally. Yep, real quick. So uh, those that will be listening to us on our podcast, that's drnuss at me.com. That's the email, Dr. drnuss at me.com. And the phone number is 724-719-2833. Um, this webinar, you will find it on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in Knowledgeable Aging. I encourage you to subscribe. We're putting out three new webinars each week. You can find us our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, etc. Till next time, I'm your host, Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.